Hey, hey, all you Arizona lovers, this is the Finding Arizona podcast, episode number 375. I'm your host, Jose. Thank you so much for listening and watching. Today's guest is the creator and owner behind Make Joy Studio, Jennifer. She's fantastic to talk to, and she's actually a really interesting person just from her perspective of living in the valley and now not living in the valley and just uh, how you work as with your clients and who are still in the valley as you're like transitioning out. So it's like one of those situations where if you are looking to, you know, let's say work offline or work, you know, mostly online and you have a business that prefers to be more of an online based clientele, this is a conversation for you to listen into. On top of which, she's a survivor of a very uh, particular health issue, uh, issue. And so I hope that you guys really take note of our conversation and where we go. And I really enjoyed this one. And actually, just to give you a little heads up she's part of uh Brittany, who is our producer uh, works with the no women she's part of the no women tribe so i encourage you guys all to always check us out and all of our links and bios and everything that we put down in below and so i will now lead us into a little bit of the work side you can hear every episode of finding arizona podcast at finding arizona podcast.com we make it easy for you guys to connect with us so everything in social media world is under finding arizona podcast last but not least if you want to send us an email at finding arizona podcast at gmail.com i encourage you to do so again tell us who you want in next and we'll try and make that happen uh we have a little bit of uh behind the scenes for you guys always available um for you in our social media side under youtube we have a vlog that you can learn about our family but if you want to just stay up to date with us on just the businessy side there's a newsletter for you to sign up to and just to, so that you guys are ahead of the curve, if you're watching this on YouTube or if you're listening to this right now, uh, I always try and give you guys feedback on what's going on in our family life through these little intros. And so right now, currently, little guy is over at dance class. Uh, he is with uh, mom and grandpa. Uh, mom went out to Chicago to open up a Chicago branch of the No Tribe and No Women. Sorry. Uh, I just really want to just encourage you guys to to always do your best to uh, make time uh, for the things that you want to do. That's what I'm doing. So I don't get to go to a lot of the dance classes because I love doing this and editing uh, the things that I love to do. And so mom takes the reins on that. And I encourage you guys always to to make time for your passions, make time for the things that you love. But uh, overall, I just want to say we're doing fantastic. Uh, <laughs> tomorrow is my birthday. I turned 34. I'm not afraid to say that. I love where I'm at in my age and where I'm at in life. So I thank you again for joining me for this long. If you've been a fan since day one, uh, thank you for the ride. Thank you for just you know allowing me to do what I do. And for every episode that we've put out, uh, I hope that that, uh, we can continue to stay up to date with them and and continue to be friends with the the business owners behind the business so that being said let's just jump into this episode episode number 375 with make joy studio we will catch you on the next one and as always kisses hugs and belly rubs to our four-legged friends bye y'all She is a juggling life. Oh, she is high performing. She's self-made. 
Um, definitely busy. Woman supporter. Cares about the rooms that she's going into. Building an empire. Definitely working in a male-dominated industry. She is competitive and cares about impact. And she's inspired by the word now. Oh, completely relentless. She is self-made. She is a badass. Welcome back, everybody, to the Finding Arizona podcast. I'm your host, Jose, and every week we bring in someone very special. Today is no different. Ladies and gentlemen, all the way from Make Joy Studio, the CEO and founder, Jen, is going to be talking with us today about branding and about design and branding. So I'm very excited to have this conversation with her. Jen, welcome. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. First off, give us this is a question that we typically ask everyone, and this is just a standard question. Give us your origin story and how this business came to life. Sure. Um, I tr we'll try not to go too far, but um, <laughs> I was, when I first graduated from ASU, I studied design management and I fell into, I just wanted to work for any kind of design firm there was. And I ended up in the marketing department for a uh, local landscape architecture. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I did that right out of college. I was, a, um, actually I started in the CAD. I, I learned to CAD in school. And so, um, I did computer aided drafting. Yeah. Um, and so I did that. And then once I graduated, cause I started there before I graduated, um, they kind of pulled me over to help with the marketing department. And I think it was just because they needed, you know, the lowest person on the totem pole. For help. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I went over there and actually then they hired me there full time in the marketing department. And I and I really enjoyed that. And it was a, a lot of learning mm -hmm. um, in that department. But ultimately, that was right during uh, um, then we went like fast forward into a recession mm -hmm. <laughs> right after I graduated. And so um, and I had just purchased my first home in Tempe. Wow. And um, a month later, I lost my job. So, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of right away out uh -huh. of graduation. Um, my dad's idea of, you know, work for a corporation for 40 years and they'll take care of you. <laughs> yeah. Completely went out the window. Yeah. Um, it was a great company. So it was not, it, obviously everybody, there was a lot of people who lost their job during that recession. So, um, but ultimately I went and worked for the bankruptcy court cause that was the only place hiring. Wow. Um, and I learned a lot about that. Yeah. <laughs> and um, luckily, I was only there for nine months because there was an opening at Gensler, the architecture firm, and okay. they needed something in their marketing department. Um, so I was at Gensler, big na national um, architecture firm. Very big. Um, <laughs> yeah, very big. Their Phoenix office. Um, luckily, not as big because mm -hmm. I was the only one in the marketing department at the time. Um, but I was running that um, for about three years. And then I decided I didn't really like where the person was 10 years above me. I think somebody told me to do that. Um, mm -hmm. Look at the person who's 10 years senior to you. And do you want to be there? And I was like, not really. Um, <laughs> I went to school for design and ultimately went down this path of marketing. Mm -hmm. And I, I saw it more about like, you know, selling 
the architecture firm versus being creative. And so I want, I liked the creative side of marketing. Got it. Uh, so, so I went back to school to learn graphic design specifically, cause okay. I really didn't have like the technical skills to do graphic design. Um, and yeah, so then it, during school, I had to, unfortunately it was such a intensive master's program I did have to leave my job mm-hmm. so I took on three other small jobs why, why I kind of survived through grad school and um people heard I was studying graphic design and actually one of my first clients was an architect that I worked with yeah and he needed a website and wow. a brand and and then I just saw well I'm not employed but I'm making some money from yeah. this um maybe I'll just go do this on my own. And so right in the middle of grad school, I decided to decide to start make joy studio and it's, it's going to be 10 years in February. Kudos to that. That's awesome. That's so cool. Well, I'll give you a little insight on my story is kind of similar in the fact that I was like, I was in grad school. So I'm a landscape architect by by trade. Yeah. And that's uh, kind of my deal. So when you said Gensler, I was like, oh, I know them. And right. then um, when I was in grad school, I was in screen printing. And so that's how the podcast came to be. And I meet these owners, had conversations, doing their t-shirts, just screen printing uh, different merchandise items. And they all had cool stories. And I was like, I got to share these or I got to like put these down somewhere. And so that's where the podcast came to life. But after, or I think a little bit before I was doing that, I was actually doing um, large scale printing uh, and just not like they were looking for someone to help them out because they needed a CAD person. So I knew CAD from, <laughs> from school. They were looking for a CAD person to help them with their wall plans and wall des- like concept designs. And so I had to learn graphic design at, at, alongside with the CAD. And I knew a little bit, but I didn't know a lot. And so that's where I picked up a lot of my love and passion for graphic art graphic design and illustrator in general and so that's you know kind of like my story of like i was doing something way different than what my degree was you know teaching me but the the fact that it was in the similar vein or at least something that was like you know creative it, it allowed me to like really generate more ideas more you know love and passion for my own design and my own concepts and things that I love doing on the side, which is drawing and being creative. Um, Mm -hmm. So I was able to create the logo for Finding Arizona based on all of that experience in that um, graphic department. And so that's, you know, I take a lot of it with me. I take a lot of that foundational learning and bring it into what I do today, which is a lot more video design and video um you know editing and things like that mm-hmm. still elements all pieces of what i started from from the get go and i love doing it i love being the person as creative as i thought i would be as a kid now actually like oh i have so many cool ideas now i can actually create them and make them myself and that's something that i right. won't ever take for granted so um Thank you again for sharing your story. That's a really cool. Like it's a connecting piece to me, to you that allows me to like, really like, Oh, she's kind of like me. She's like, she started off doing something she didn't 
normally wouldn't do. And now she's doing something that she's very passionate about. That's awesome. Um, so I will ask your ASU grad, you yeah. and I are both ASU grads. Uh, and you also now from my wife who knows you, uh, you are actually a part of her kind of group, which is the no women. And mm-hmm. she, how did you find them? Let me ask you that question. Oh, that's Okay. So yeah, so I did not, I just found out about no women in 2022. So it's okay. been just over a year that I've been with them and it's complete game changer for me. Um, I found out I knew a common person, mm-hmm. um, Sarah Hogue photography. Okay. Uh, that's not her name. It's Sarah Hogue. <laughs> and, uh, I follow her. I knew her through a mutual friend and I follow her through Facebook or I mean all the different channels. And yeah. one day, um, about two weeks before the no women summit of 2022, um, she posted about the summit and I was like, wait, what is this? I need to know about this. This does, I've been looking for uh, being part of, um, you know, a solopreneur for 10 years. Yeah, I started to really start to feel a little lonely. I mean, it just got worse and worse over the years. And so then when 2020 hit, it got even worse for everybody. Yep. And I kind of came out of it thinking, I really need to put myself out there again and mm-hmm. have a community because I missed that from grad school. I had very close friends in grad school. And it was like, it was like those friendships were kind of like disappearing. And so yeah. I was like, okay, I need to refresh my group of friends. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I saw um Sarah Hogue post about um the summit and i looked into it and i was there then two weeks from then and i was a full member at the same time because i was like all in this is a <laughs> yeah. group like i just saw it like i had some previous clients that i was like where do i find more clients like her and then i found the no women which was a group of like a, a room full of people of just like this woman yeah. i've worked with before and i just thought i have to know all of them they're awesome. Every single one of them, I feel like is a particular individual that just gets it, like just gets that lifestyle uh, that you're you're talking about. My, So we met Sarah, the Bemkin, the, the creator, um, yeah. through through the podcast. And we, okay. we did a podcast with another business that she had started and now had sold and um you know, we kept in contact. We like to keep in contact with every one of our guests. And, you know, it just came to a point where during 2020, Britt was working in the the healthcare um, like realm and she was getting burnt out just because, co- you know, COVID, you know, burns a lot of people out in that, in that category. So she was looking for, you know, something new, and something more like she wanted to connect. She like you. She she likes connecting. She likes. Um, she, I, I I say she's one of the most empathetic individuals that cares a lot about, and that's why she loves, you know, my podcast and likes working with me is because we really do passionately care about the individuals who come on our show, and want to want to root for them, want to cheerlead for them, and so that's the kind of like who she is, and when she finally got a chance to like Sarah came back around and she remembered Sarah and Sarah was like, yeah, come, you know, help me out. And Britt was like, 
totally on board because she'd remember about like Sarah had just the concept uh, had just come into her world and she told us about it off air and we didn't really promote that side of it. And so when she was like, probably, I think in the first you know couple of years into it, Britt was like, look, I have this chance to like work with all these incredible women. We have an opportunity to help all these incredible individuals and their businesses. I was like, yeah, go for it. Like, let's do it. And that's really great when we can like have these universal things come into our world and like just really take hold of us. And that was really one of those moments where we were both kind of like, yeah, this will work. This will definitely be something positive in our life. And it has been, it has been really great to be able to, I I work with a couple of the events. Um, I've seen and met a lot of the female individuals that are part of the group and they're all fantastic, incredible women who have incredible, you know, concepts and and businesses i i personally feel like it's a great group and i think you are very much a part of that so (laughs) kudos and congrats yeah Um, it's just a very genuine like it it was surprising how genuine i found people to be um and then i just like i to be honest i went in i was like i need more clients mm-hmm. this is where they're hanging out and they're right in my wheelhouse and honestly i have what i've gotten from the group in just a year is just so much inspiration <laughs> yeah. that my business has grown with clients outside of it like it's not even people inside the know it's like the no women be- the people in the no women have become yeah. like my best friends and they're like inspiring me and cheering me on. And, and just like, I was just surprised because they kind of felt like they were um, uh, unattainable. I don't know if that's the right word. Yeah. Sometimes it seems like that. Yeah. I didn't feel like I was part of them. I didn't feel like good enough. Um, And that they were very successful women that they are very successful women. And I just didn't think I was there yet, but I thought, well, I can still help them with my services. Absolutely. What I came to find was that the group is just like everybody, no matter how much money they're making, how long they've been in business, like they all have the same problems I'm having. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of broke down this barrier. And I just, I'm coming out of this group and, and and just getting so many friendships from it. That's wonderful. I love hearing these stories. It's really great. It makes me feel like the people that we have accordingly with, I always say to our guests, use our Rolodex of past guests and people who've been on our show because they're just as fantastic as they are on our show that they are in person. And I always feel like they always provide us with just a glimpse. And I know that they have so much more in their wheelhouse and so much more capabilities. So we are, and this is something that Brittany and I keep talking about is like, we want them to all meet again. Like we want to have an event where all of our past, cause we're getting close to 400 episodes. So oh, I would awesome. love to have an opportunity to share all of them together in a place where they can mingle and, and kind of like be able to delegate themselves into these different groups of like, Hey, I need your help or I need your services, or I would love to work with you or or, I would love to collaborate with you. I think that would be a fantastic moment for us and a full circle moment for us as well. Um, So 
let's get into a little bit of what make uh what make joy studio does as services and what you know what you do as your full-time gig and like what you do as far as what you actually provide on a weekly basis or what you do for yourself to help you keep balance as far as your day-to-day stuff. So let's get into it, Jen. What, if I was someone of a business, like, you know, wanting a rebrand or something that I'm just starting out, how would I come to you or what, what are the things do I expect? Um. So I, I love getting on a call with someone right away, doing okay. a Zoom. Um, I really get to dive into their business and what they're looking to achieve and who their target audience is. Um, a lot of times the businesses that come to me haven't thought through things like that. They've they've actually been really successful in their career um, and what they're doing. So they they might be they're they're getting along pretty well. But they just know that, you know, eventually the time is going to come where word of mouth or whatever's working now is going to maybe dry up a little bit or maybe they're looking to grow. And so they look into doing some branding and, you know, revamping a website or sometimes these businesses don't have a website at all. They've been surviving without one. And they just know they need those things because that's how people find us on a 24 seven basis. And so um, when we don't have the energy to market ourselves, that's what our online presence kind of does for us. And yeah. so I, that's what I help with. And I kind of help, I kind I was thinking about this the other day, I kind of help sell confidence because sometimes it's my clients are, um, they have their service or their product that they're great at, and they just don't want to share mm-hmm. um, their website with other people because it's, you know, for lack of a better word, disgusting. Or it's, it's still it's still in its novelty. Like it's you know, it's just like uh, MS Paint still levels. Yeah. It was good for at least getting started, or maybe they've started a website but they haven't even posted it because they yeah. tried to do it on their own and they're just like banging their head over the computer trying to finish it, and all of a sudden it's you know six months later, two years into the business, and they don't they still don't have this you know, complete brand of what they look like online. And so that's what I kind of come in to help is um, not just on the, like, like to make them look attractive, but I think through who they're talking to and what those people need to see in order to to make a confident purchase. Like the Uh, customer experience level. Yeah. Yeah. If your website links are broken, if, you know, it our world is a world where we kind of judge within a, the first few seconds of seeing something. <laughs> the first few clicks. If it's yeah. hard to get to, like, especially can, from my approach as a podcaster, it's like that frequency, the level of frequency just to get to our that first episode or that one episode that you want to hear. Like if I don't have that in the first three clicks, you're going to walk away, unfortunately, to say like you're going to not try as hard. So I try my best to make that as obtainable and as obtainable quickly as possible. So, you know, when I do the intros for a lot of our episodes, I try and make sure that I'm letting you know all of the socials, but also all the unique places where you can like definitely get it off of your um, Alexa. Like that's one of those things where it's like easiest. 
I have one over here. I just want to make sure that I don't make her go off. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like, I totally understand that level of like that customer level um, experience wanting to provide the easiest and, and beautiful, most, you know, yeah. unique, you know, experience possible for your business. Yeah. It's about the first impression, unfortunately, mm-hmm. like um, that's, it, that's so that's what I try to help with is because sometimes people don't get a chance to know who you are as a business and how great you are. Like kind of like you're saying with people who come on your podcast, we're just getting a glimpse. And so even faster through social media and on online is people, you know, they go to a website, they go to your social media. And if it looks disjointed, mm-hmm. if it does, it doesn't, it's not necessarily a reflect reflection of your actual quality of service that you provide Mm -hmm. and so that's what i want to bring is that like shine to your online presence so that people really understand you in like a second yeah and um yeah just that first impression and and we and people have such a, a short attention spans that it's just becoming more critical that there is this like immediate feel about your business when they look at something as simple as your social media post. Absolutely. And that I, you know, as hard as it is to say, it's like, that's what a, a lot of happened during our experience during COVID is understanding what we bring to the table as a business and as an individual. It's like, there was a lot of, and I thought it was a really great time to look inward as far as what's your bread and butter? Like, what are you providing to the community as, as far as, a, you know, your bread and butter level, like experience. And for those who took the time to really understand that factor or understand that experience, you could see it in our stories that we've had guests who's like, yeah, we had to stop and do the inward looking. And, you know, we understood that this is what we provide to the community and we wanted that to not stop. We had to pivot on the other stuff because they, you know, whatever A, B or C reason, I really, really do understand and appreciate that that inward looking time was a unique factor for them. And I understood, I really wanted I'm really appreciative that they were able to tell us that story because that is something that is hard for everyone, you know, business owners of all types that like, Hey, look, this is at the end of the day, what we do most. And this is what we, we relied on uh, for our customers to, to help us through this time. And it was, it's tough to also hear. It's like the, the closing of a lot of businesses and, and it's just, it was a unique and experiential time for a lot of people. But I really do respect as a designer for yourself to be able to able to stay afloat and able to really uh, put yourself out there and, and look at you now. You're in a unique situation, unique spot. Uh, speaking of unique spots, my wife told me that you are no longer in the Tempe area, but you actually moved a little bit outward into yeah. a unique space in Arizona. Can, we, can you give us a little bit of like where you're at and what you love about it? Yeah. Um. So I lived in Tempe for 18 years. I went there for my uh, freshman year of college and I didn't leave. 
Um, I bought a house there right near Tempe Town Lake, wow. and um, I bought it for like one hundred and fifteen thousand um, dollars. And I made a pretty good penny on that if, um, when we sold it last year. Wow! Um, congrats. Yeah, nineteen fifties house. I loved it. My dad was terrified when I bought it. I was only twenty two years old, and um, <laughs> he was like, "Go buy a really brand new condo over in Ahwatukee." And I was like, "No, I have to be." near mill avenue and asu because it'll sell better later so yeah. i didn't you know 22 year old me i i thank her because now here i am and um i'm in a town i did not even hear i didn't know existed um honestly what's it called heber overgard some people have heard of it yeah that's i mean <laughs> i have that's the first for me i'm like what is, or is it's it in like... between payson and sholo it's a drive okay town. i mean i I don't want to, you know, I've learned a little bit from living in a small town for a year. Don't offend the small town people. <laughs> um, so, but it's a beautiful small town, but honestly, you see the cars they're driving through to go to Sholo usually. Yeah. Um, 40, we're 40 minutes both ways to Sholo and Payson. Okay. So that's how far, um, a, you know, a Safeway or a Fry's are. I don't yeah. know. But um, anyway, I, it's a beautiful You know what though? <laughs> it It is a unique like so i grew up in on a on a reservation the hopi reservation up north yeah and i would go down towards sholo uh for high school events and when i got to college i would go up that way to get to beat the heat because i just love i love the the forest and the wood wooded areas up there it's so beautiful i always love it up there and and i think it's such a unique place it's different than the western like flagstaff area it's yeah it's so unique and so i say kudos to you to like find an area that you really enjoy and it's a space that i think you can be really creative and find really unique um places to help people like stores and other unique businesses that are looking for this branding that need it actually that have experiential things that they need done and so kudos to you like be able to beat the heat <laughs> yeah it, i don't know exactly how we got here but um we we loved camping and pacing and we okay. and so when we were looking we were just ready for a change i think you know again 2020 made a lot of people rethink a lot of things. And one of it was like, you know, we've been in um, our, we were in our Tempe home for about 10 years and we were just kind of like feeling like it was the same thing over and over again. We're working or, you know, and then the summers are coming and they're hot and we want to go outdoors, but it's so freaking hot. Um, too hot. That we, we can't do, <laughs> yeah, it's too hot. We can't do things. And so, and we didn't have a pool. So um, we kind of were suffering in the summers and we, like my husband's from Indiana. Oh, so okay. he's used to cooler weather. I grew up in this and um, we just kind of wanted a big change and yeah. we moved to a town with only like 3,500 people. Wow. Um, so but less was, traffic. Don't have to worry about that yes, traffic anymore. I 
it's funny because I'll drive to Payson now because we were looking at houses in both. We looked at this house and then we looked at all these houses in Payson's because uh, that's where I thought we were going to land. And now I drive to Payson and I'm like, oh, it's so crowded. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard anyone <laughs> describe Payson that way. So crowded. Yeah, it's just so, we have an acre, um, which is very different from our house that was near Tempe Town Lake. And um, yeah, it's just green and the high today is going to be 85, which is pretty warm, actually. That's awesome. Um, And I've never lived in snow. So I had my first winter last year. I showered four times and (laughs) it was kind of beautiful. So it wasn't um, so far so good. I'm a little nervous for winter already starting to come this way. Mm -hmm. Um, But um, it's just it's the thing is, is so my business was already practically virtual Mm -hmm. um, it kind of forced it to be even more online so I'm doing a lot more zoom calls and networking and then I come to the valley about twice a month sometimes because I'm still living in the valley um but I'm living up here where it's very peaceful and it does I would say I mean that's a perfect amount of time to be like networking and this it gives you an amount of like like you know a two or two or three maybe three like times to visit the valley where you're just like doing work stuff and just kind of yeah. like meetings and you know just you i know. think that's kind of what we we realized we were kind of like how often are we really leaving the house yeah exactly <laughs> right like me and my it, husband are both introverted and um perfect so then you're in the, the right spot yeah. yeah like i so love we- this i love this for you because it's like again it's like you still get the best of both worlds you get your your side where your home is and then when you have that energy or you want to be in the city life sort of speak you come yeah. down you just make the yeah. travel it's not that yeah. far and you know you get to also i was gonna say this do you stay in airbnbs you get to change it up and like you know stay in on you well, the, the wonderful thing that's worked out is that my, you know, my family's still in the valley. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And my mom's still down there, and she has made me a guest room. So. There you go. That's so, nice. yeah, I get even to better. Down, um, and I stay with her, and I get to visit her, and I oh. almost see her now more that I do that than when I lived close by. There you go. That's so perfect. Really nice. Well, we're we are like um, we're in the same kind of position right now where it's just like we have a two-year-old so we're kind of at the point where like he needs to go to school so we're looking at schools and my parents are like kind of in that retiring phase where they're trying to get out of phoenix and move up north and so you know there's um there's a period now where we're just like well they're going to be traveling back and forth. Do we want to build a guest house? Cause we, mm-hmm. we don't, we, we have a room, but as this, they're like, I'm, this is a 1940s ish house and it still kind of has the same, there's updates. This is the back yeah. office is built here as an, as a add on. But as we grow as a family and people start to transition into new phases, I want to keep up and and have those opportunities to have it kind of like I, I've wanted solar panels to help us out with um, with you know I'm one part sustainability but one part just you know getting us off of the grid and 
and providing us with more opportunity to be sustainable with our energy usage. And so that's part of things that we think about all the time. And so I'm just in that period of like, ah, I'm thinking about wanting to do this to the house and add on this and all of that stuff. So we're in that space where just like, it's time for a little bit of a change, but we're going to, you know, stay here. Of course, this is our forever home. And we're just trying to make it so that as we grow as a family and as our family transitions into different phases that our house also stays in that with us. So that's kind of like where we're at. And um, I asked this of everyone for who comes into us, give us a little bit of your goals and what you hope to, you know, maybe in this year, this year or in the future, things that you want to do or want to provide your customers so that our listeners may be able to help you out in that goal setting and provide an opportunity to achieve those goals. Yeah. Um, just over the past couple years, I've been really just trying to kind of niche down my market um, so that I can, you know, better focus on what I'm providing. And so what I really love doing is helping other women. And because I think we know that we struggle in a different way um, than men um, when we're running a business. And I, I just have a heart for women who are trying to go after their passions and grow their business. I still have clients across the spectrum of every, like, you know, I have different mm-hmm. industries, um, but I really love um, kind of going and trying to attract um, other women to, so that I can help them. Cause I know they're trying to do it all by themselves sometimes. Yeah. Um, and so I'm just trying to help relieve a little bit and give them a step up by working awesome. on their brand website for them. That's beautiful. I think that's such a unique factor that anyone would be interested in wanting to help you, especially all of our listeners. I, I, we're in the, also the period of like our analytics of like understanding our analytics a little bit more. And so we, we kind of know our percentages. And so we'll, I just confidently say like 60% of our 65% of our listeners are female. So it's going to be a great thing. Great time for you. Um, The other aspect of like, your niche market is what you've been through personally. I know through my research that you have particular health um, thing that you, I hope that you would share with us just in yeah. the, uh, in what you, the scope of what you do to help others. Um, so I'll let you take the floor here. Cause I, it's a unique in, uh, health issue that I'd love to understand and, and hear from you. Yeah, so um, I'm still in this journey of trying to kind of weave how being a small business owner (laughs) and my health are coming together. Um, So I'm still trying to figure out how am I telling this story? Um, How does this relate to branding? Um, And so it's kind of like I'm rebranding myself. But um, I was diagnosed in 2021. So it's been about two years now. Mm-hmm. with um, a very rare form of cancer and it's called paraganglioma and um, it's ma- it's metastasized throughout my body um, okay. I actually had my very first paraganglioma tumor wow. when I was 20 wow. and it went through my eardrum um, and I lost most of my hearing in my left ear um, which is a whole different story of like why my networking and kind of 
kind of being on my own went to this to the wayside during my business because it was just hard to hear people mm-hmm. in in group settings. Um, so, but anyways, I it wasn't until actually because it's such a rare disease and I found it so young. I kind of went with like what the doctors told me, and I really wasn't. I mean, it feels like it's not that long ago, but it I didn't really Google it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I just kind of went with it. And yeah. um, it's a genetic, um, it's based on, like, my, my father had a tumor and my grandpa had a tumor mm-hmm. and they were called something different, but it was my doctor who connected them and said, yeah, it's in your family, pretty mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was not until 2020 that I started to, actually get genetic testing done. And then when I had the results of that, I started to do more research and realized that um, this benign tumor that I've been looking at for, you know, a decade now can actually spread throughout the body. It's Mm. very, very rare. Um, Only 30% of people who get this rare tumor will have it spread. And only one in like, Three, I'm going to get the stats wrong, but it's like one in 3 million people will get mm-hmm. this type of cancer. Um, so it's very rare. There's not a lot of, it's very frustrating because there's not a lot of places to look for research and to yeah. kind of have like a path to follow. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I was diagnosed at age 35 with stage four cancer. Wow. And um, I'm here. I'm here today. Still, yeah. Two, yeah. Wonderful. Two and a half years later. And um, a, and a year into my diagnosis, I was actually diagnosed also with thyroid cancer. So um, I'm a very special yeah. person. I think also it's like your, your demeanor too is just so positive that you would never you'd never suspect, I guess. And that's, uh, it's just incredible to hear your kind of how you you're approaching this and just really, it, it seems so positive. So I just really hope nothing but the best for you. And thank you for sharing that because it is, I think what you've, what you've instilled and brought up in your business. Um, and it shows like, like you've written down kind of like you wanting to help people and, and help provide, a chance for others who are affected by this and wanting to help them and give back. And, and that's wonderful. I love that. Um, as you continue forward, I hope that you do provide or at least, um, have a chance to work with like a, a health based company or a health, you know, clinician company that would be so awesome to put out into the world and be just to be able to, have an opportunity to work in that same thing that you always are, you know, you're kind of scared of almost in the sense of like, Oh man, what are they going to tell me next or sort of thing? And it's like, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a very heavy diagnosis and I, it's, um, I mean, I have to convince myself every day to have a different attitude about it pretty mm-hmm. much yeah. um, because it's real easy to feel sorry for yourself with a yeah. diagnosis like that. Um, but I, I just tried to think of the the reality of it is, is that I'm asymptomatic. Um, Mm -hmm. I have it all over my body, but luckily I have no pain from it. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I'm in a watch and wait, um, with my, I took care of the thyroid cancer last year. So that was a whole different thing, but, um, 
the other cancer is um, watch and wait. And so I just go in every six months to do a checkup. And then, um, so I just, I, okay, every day I wake up, I kind of feel normal, um, whatever that means. Um, And so I just continue on with my business. And, and I think I'm trying to work on myself as far as actually talk about my own business to people because you know, time is so precious. And so, um, a lot of fear was wrapped up. Like with most people, you don't put yourself out there. Um, and that, and it's, that's what I help when I'm branding other people. And so it kind of came back to like, okay, I need to work on my own brand and talk about myself and get people to know me, Mm -hmm. um, because time is so precious. And so I can't keep hiding behind the computer um, with my design, I need to like shine a little bit of light on me some, and (laughs) it's just been, uh, something I'm still figuring out. And, um, luckily I do have the time to do that. Um, I love that. I mean, again, like you said, you put it in the perfect means of like, time is so precious. So there's no, yeah, it's just, I love that you put it in that way. Time is so precious. So take the opportunity to share your, yourself. And so, I think you, this is a wonderful place to conclude our, our conversation and, and we are reaching towards the end here. And so I appreciate all the time you've provided us and just give us a chance to get to know you a little bit better. And I do give the floor to you now to let everyone know where they can find you online, all your social media handles. Um, but again, I, I leave off with just a big thank you for from you. And um, I appreciate all the time you've given us. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Awesome. Well, go ahead and take the floor and let everyone know all the social media handles, the website, any events that you've got going on and where they can find you. Sure. So um, mo- I'm most active on Instagram at makejoystudio. Um, you can go to my website at makejoystudio.com. I would love to work with, um, I love working with small businesses of especially female entrepreneurs who are trying to do it all by themselves. Um, I love to come in and understand your business and really um, kind of hone in your brand and um, reflect that on your online presence. And um, let's see where else I'm on LinkedIn. Um, and then I just, I'm launching at the end of this month, it's called the sitestyler.com. Um, yeah. So I'm doing, so I mostly do custom brands for my clients, but I wanted to give back a little bit more and offer um, something in a lower price point to people who are looking kind of more for a quick website, um, kind of a website in a box. And so I'm offering, it's called, I named it the site styler by make joy studio Mm -hmm. and they can go to the site styler.com and there's a waiting list right now. Um, and if they sign up for the waiting list before it launches, they'll get a hundred dollars off if they decide to go forward and have, um, me work on their website for them so beautiful i love that and as always we kind of have a little outro here we have everything that you can watch from us and hear from us is all available finding arizona podcast.com all of our social media handles is at finding arizona podcast so tell us who you want it next and we'll try and make that happen our email is at finding arizona podcast at gmail.com if you want to send us a line i encourage you to do so we will write right back and let us know again who you want in next and we will try and make that happen and as always we end every episode with kisses hugs and belly rubs to our four 
four-legged friends and we will catch you next time bye y'all thank you